Hey, Gallifam, it's Rachel. And Rhea. And we're the Gallop Sisters presents Mr. Wrestling Chris. Hi, everybody. So this is the grand premiere of our new podcast. But really, we're going to let Chris take it away because we cannot wait to hear what you have to say leading up to WrestleMania this weekend. And Sunday for WrestleMania, everybody is going to be in for a shot because there's so many big things happening heading into WrestleMania. Not just the main event for two nights, but every main of every match on every card is like a main event. You got Bobby Lashley versus Almas. I'm picking Bobby Lashley. If anybody could beat Almas, it's got to be Bobby Lashley. I remember when Bobby Lashley first came to the WWE, he was undefeated the same way that Omos was. But there's a little twist. Omos reminds me of the Giant Gonzalez. Lashley, The Undertaker. So you're looking at WrestleMania 9 all over again? Is that the route Vince was going for? Who knows? But I'm looking forward to seeing that match. My money is on Bobby Lashley. As far as the Raw Women's title goes, Vince, for the love of God, please book it. Hair versus hair. I wanted to see Becky chop off that little bitty hair of <laughs> Bianca Belair and whip her with it the same way that Bianca used her hair up. Becky went Ooh, to That is so, brutal. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing Becky Lynch retain. I don't care what Bianca said. Oh, I've been on this. I've been, I don't give a damn. I saw you in person. You're kind of like a B-word there, Miss Bianca, because if I could change your name to the other word, that'd make me be a bad person. I'm <laughs> hoping Becky Lynch will whip that you-know-what at WrestleMania. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> you know, Bianca, there's an old saying in the wrestling business, what goes around comes around, and karma is going to get you this Sunday at WrestleMania. And for the Battle Royal, one of my favorite nights of the year for WrestleMania is the 30-man Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I'm going with the United States champion, Ben Bauer, to win the Battle Royal. Originally, my pick was going to be Omos to win the Battle Royal because Bobby Lashley was kind of like an alternate situation where Omos is undefeated. I don't know if Bobby Lashley versus Omos. Thank you, Vince, for having that match. So I'm going with Ben Bauer. Bauer's going to win the Battle Royal. As far as the Intercontinental title goes, one and only Ricochet is going to retain. Boss Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo need to realize it's every man for himself in a triple threat match. And I know the champion doesn't intend to lose the title, but if you have the belt, and it doesn't matter if you're a tag team or not, if you have the belt, that's going to be animosity between everybody. So Ricochet is my pick to win. But remember, in a triple threat match, it's no disqualifications and no countouts. So, 30% chance champion retaining, but also it's another 20% chance that Angel and Hector could beat the hell out of each other. It's almost like now where the champions were at a very bad disadvantage for this Saturday for the triple threat match. Now it's a fatal four way. So, instead of having 20, you're having a 40% chance of retaining the titles. I have to pick. Sasha Banks and Naomi. I think they got more momentum building in than Rhea and Liv. I have no argument over Liv, over Rhea Ripley. They're a good team, but sometimes egos can go 
overboard. Yeah. And for Brock Lesnar, for what you said about Roman Reigns, I know Brock is from Minneapolis. I'm not gonna I got nothing against people from Minneapolis. But I do have something against a guy wearing a freaking cowboy hat all week long, watching Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> Acting like a freaking hillbilly gym lookalike. I'm going with the head of the table, the big dog, Roman Reigns. I acknowledge Roman Reigns for day one. As a, as a fan favorite, I hated him. But yes, I am a heel guy. I always go for the heels. I'm going with Roman Reigns because I'm going to acknowledge him when he becomes a double champion. As far as the Raw Tag Team title goes, RK Bro, they just won the titles two weeks ago. They're not gonna they're not gonna lose them that easy. Unless Orton turns on Riddle. I could see that happening, so could I. Because Orton's pretending to be Riddle's friend. What do you do to a friend that you don't want to be with anymore? You just don't kick him to the curb. You RKO his ass. Or and you burn, or you burn their house down like he did to the Wyatts. Yep. Oh yes, the old famous burn down the house. Just like the song says, burning down the house. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ray Wyatt should know not to play with fire. Riddle is playing with fire where he's gonna get underneath Orton's skin, and then when that time is right, he's gonna RK on the front of thousands of people at WrestleMania and millions watching at home. As far as everything else goes with WrestleMania, with the celebrities being a part of it, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. This is going to be a sleeper. It's a match over here. It goes. I love anything those matches. I have to go with Johnny Knoxville. He puts his body on the line every day in, in Jackass or in another crazy show that he's done. I'm going with Knoxville. Sammy, you have no idea what game you're playing, son. No idea what game you're playing. Now for the SmackDown tag titles. The Usos against Shinsuke and Rick Boogs. I don't have to like them. I respect them. I like the Usos. But give me a break with the Usos. What have they proven? Oh, I know. Kissing Roman Reigns' big ass. Vince McMahon had a club. It was called the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. Regal did it. Bischoff tried to do it. Who kissed more ass than anybody? Jeff Ross. Sorry, JR. I remember that moment very well back in 2002 where the Undertaker punched you right in the face and you, he forced you to kiss his ass. So Usos. If I could meet the Usos in person one more time, say, why are you kissing on the his ass? I know it's not because you and like your blood relatives and stuff like that, but are you really acknowledging him or are you just doing smooshy smooshy what Brock Lesnar did to Paul Heyman or Paul Heyman did to Brock Lesnar? In fact, they both kiss each other's asses. Accurate. I hope Shinsuke Nakamura, Rick Boogs, takes the belt off the Usos. I would love to see Shinsuke win the tag titles. But people could agree with me or not. I don't care. Get rid of the two belts. I am so sick of seeing the Raw Tag Titles and the SmackDown Tag Titles. Unify those damn belts and bring in brand new belts 
that represent the brand itself. Enough with the draft. Enough with the freaking double titles. I'm going to acknowledge Roman Reigns because Brock Lesnar, rumors going around about you, buddy. Sarcastically, buddy. Rumor going around that you're going to be retiring the night after WrestleMania. So I hope you acknowledge Roman Reigns this Sunday at WrestleMania. If anybody's going to acknowledge somebody, Kevin Owens, you said you don't drink. Congratulations. You're going to be going into the ring with the true baddest man on the planet. Trust me, I know because I met him and I pissed him off for wearing an Owen 316 shirt that I just broke your neck. Custom made shirt, mind you. And I said, how's your neck? That was less than two weeks ago at SummerSlam when you suffered it. Oh, my God. From Owen Hart. My mom said, oh, you had my permission to kick his ass. Like I'm afraid of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm afraid of the bitch's fatal snake. Dumbass, bald-headed bitch. <laughs> See, I'm a heel fan. You're still, but, you're still asking for trouble, I guess. <laughs> trouble? I go trouble goes from me because I am a troublemaker to go to live events. And I am the biggest jerk when I go to the live events because I know my wrestling more than any other hick down here in the South in Georgia. But Austin, I have respect for him. I do. WrestleMania 17. When Vince said these words to Austin, you want shocking, you get shocking. I knew right there and then Austin was going to join Vince. Oh, we, had this, we, we do these parties every WrestleMania. Every pay-per-view, was it was a wrestling party. We also got around with dominoes and chips and cookies, what have you. I had brisk. Everybody else had beer, which was fine. So we did a WrestleMania 17 party. And I remember going downstairs celebrating because Austin turned heel that night. And I went downstairs with my very own smoking skull phone belt. Had the two brisks, smacked them in the air, and I pulled it Austin, and I flipped the cans. I was standing about right here. The trash can was way down in the street, and they went, Chris, you actually made that in there. You're kidding. I was actually aiming for the street. <laughs> actually made the cans in the trash can. I was like, oh, wow. And all my other, my family and her friend went, son of a bitch, how the hell did he get all that right? <laughs> we just now figured that out now? Since the Royal Rumble, you figured that out now? Well, Austin was going to win the Rumble and we were going to win the WrestleMania? You just figured that out now. I told you I had no way out. Triple H was going to beat Austin. And anybody picked a rattlesnake. He picks Don't Go See That Thing. And you never paid me that. So pay up. Pay up for no way out. Come on. It was in Las Vegas. I deserve my Las Vegas winnings. Come on, pay up. A dollar. Cheapskate. WrestleMania <laughs> plays paying big. $20 for a match. And I sat down with everybody. All right. Pay-per-view's coming on. First match. And the final title. Who you guys got? Jericho. Hmm? Regal? For those of you who heard Jericho say, I, 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 I. And 
Okay, that was twenty dollars for each. Come on, pay up. Everybody pay up. Come on. Yeah, that's right. I'm working now. I got money. We're gambling on WrestleMania. Hardcore title, who do you have? Big Show. Oh, you suck. Raven. Oh, you suck. Kane. Okay. Kane, Kane. If you pick Big Blow, I'm kicking your ass out of the damn house. Alright, pay up. Come on. Kane one. Pay up. There you go, Rob. Come on. Thank you, guys. Test and Eddie. Who do you guys got? Eddie. Test. Alright, what's the next match on the card? Alright, I wrote down all the matches of WrestleMania 17. And I said, ooh, here's a doozy. Shane McMahon versus Vince. Who do you got? Who do you pick? I picked Vince. Yeah. Okay. I lost one. So shut up. That's 20, right? Each of you get 10. Oh, bullshit. Don't be a cheapskate. Excuse you, Rob. I was a fucking. Who was a cheapskate last month? All right. TLC match. Who do you guys got? Are you kidding me? You all picked the Hardys? Douglas. Edge and Christian won. So I'm like, come on, pay up, pay up, pay me, pay me, pay me. Oh, don't worry, I know where you live. So, yeah. You don't have to pay me. Gimmick Battle Royal, who we got got? Billy Jen. Sergeant Slaughter. Not bad of a choice. Nikolai. <laughs> you suck. Repo Man. I hope you robbed your car. Who do you got, Mom? Uh, don't know. Pick one. For the love of God, pick one. Jim Cornette. I'm not picking the Iron Sheik so everybody pay up. But the gimmick battle roll is $10. Can I pay up? Don't worry, you owe me two things, Ma. Ah. Undertaker and Triple H. Mm. First time everybody wants to win with me. I'm going with Undertaker. You're not going with Triple H? Mm -hmm. How can you rule the WrestleMania that had the undefeated streak of WrestleMania since 1991? Who did he face? And he calls himself a wrestling fan? You should get the hell out of my house. He defeated Jimmy Snooker. Los Angeles Sports Arena. Los Angeles, California. You better hope the rock. You better say it clear right now, hope the rock wins. Rocco. Rob, who do you have in the main event? Stone Cold. Thank you. Big brother sits next to me. You too. Go over there. All right. We're going to switch it up now. We all pick China. You don't have to make that bet. You all went for China, right? Now, this is the main event. On one side, who do you have? If you're a rock fan, get your asses over there. If you're an awesome fan, go over there. <laughs> oh, Rocco, you better pray. Trust me. Remember what Vince said during the interview? You want shopping, you get shopping? Watch and learn, Jabbar. Oh my god, this is coming out. What does this mean? Pick your money, buddy. Oh, Vince had a chair to Austin? You son of a. Money, please. Thank you guys so much for the bet, huh? Now, I'm going to take my celebration downstairs. Rocco, you're going to throw me a beer. Ooh, this is hot. Oh, he's a fat fan. This gives me an idea for a celebration. Give me the brisk. Smack it. Put <laughs> the cans. Hoping for the land in the street. I didn't realize I was going to go in the trash can. Took my friend's hat and I wiped my butt with it. And I threw it at him. <laughs> Good news again. 
And it was not not just any hat. It was a Mets hat. He doesn't like anybody messing with the hat or his team. So I said, if you don't like if you don't like the Mets, don't say anything. Well, I love New York. I'm from there. Well, I decided to take your hat and bite my ass with it and say, Mets are shits. There you go. You can never win the World Series. He chased me down with a road cone and put it over my head. <laughs> because I feel like a complete schmuck. Oh, good because I won and he lost and he was like just stomping on him. Like, and Rob is going, he's stomping on my hole with his ass and walking into it. I'm like, really? So he picks up a, a two by four and starts pretending to hit me with it. Oh my like, God. So I went low. I went, I went really low. I kicked him in the nuts and he went. <gasps> went <laughs> That's I, really low. I was like, low, low, galata, hello. And I ran as fast as I can around the block, going back to my place. This was at, this is at 11.30 that night, mind you. No stores were open. I couldn't hide. And he was like, where is that son of a I don't know. Check this room. I hear the door open. I'm underneath my bed. This is where the bed folds up at the time. And I was underneath my mom's side of the bed, and, I, and he was pushing it. Luckily, he was like, I wonder whose foot that is. Let me just push this bed. Okay, okay. I hate my lips. Okay, I'm sorry. He picks me up by my shirt. He's like, if you wipe your ass with my head again, I swear to God, I'm going to pedigree you. Okay, I'm sorry. What did you mean? I didn't do shit. Oh, it was on your side. I didn't do nothing. I know you will never lie to me or somebody to do. He was doing this. Pedigree now? Yep. Okay. Outside. Hmm? Luckily, somebody threw out a mattress. So he put my arms up, gave me the pedigree, and I landed on the mattress. <laughs> and he stood over me, spitting water all, spitting water like he was Triple H. And I sat up like the Undertaker, and I'm going, you can never keep me down, boy. Should I make a sign that says, help me like Coyote? Next pay-per-view, backlash, you owe me. We're betting that pay-per-view, too. We're not going to bet the whole show? Nope. We're changing it up a bit. We're betting the main event only. Just the main events. All right? So we all sat around, watched backlash. They did this back in 95, so they're going to do it here. Boston and Triple H was the Undertaker and Kane. Everybody voted for the Undertaker. And came to win, and I said, they're not going to win. Not a chance in the hell they're going to win. Who do you pick? Austin and Triple H. Why? Are they cool? No, they're going to win the belts because it's what's best for the business. The reason why I'm picking them because you know me, I always go for Nash, I always go for Heels. Yeah, Heels always wins. Nobody wants to see the other thing or Kane win the belts. They had their chance, and they always blow it. They choke like the Mets. Yeah, I know he's behind me, is it? Okay, without a hand, I'm sorry. He's up on that. He's up. Good boy. Good walk, though. Remember, you pick Kane the other day. So an Austin Triple H one. What do you think? I didn't think anything. You can search me now. I don't have anything. I have my hat. I have my hat in my pocket. What hat did he have? I have Steve Austin hat. Your hat is somewhere in there. Marco, Chris got your hat. No, I don't. He has it. Who? 
Oh, Pixie, why do you have this hat? <laughs> Jack took it. He took my hat too. I didn't take it. Yeah, I'll take it. I ran down the stairs the best that I can, and I threw him in the trash, and he chased after me. Thank God he didn't put me in the trash, but he tried to hit me with it. I was just, I, when it comes to wrestling, I'm a pain in the ass. But making the bets were fun. I made so many predictions that backlash. Like, it was, it was good and all, but until the final pay-per-view we did was the uh, WrestleMania 18. and. Rob, my friend Rob Rocco came over. It wasn't big like it normally is, but we all agreed Triple H was going to be Jericho. We all agreed that. And when Triple H did that, we all jumped up and down. They had their beers. My friend Rocco had a beer. My friend Rob had a beer. I had a, I had a brisk. So we were standing outside. We toasted it first time since WrestleMania when I was like an idiot. We all three of us toasted and we went, see how good it is to have fun, not torture each other. Do you even remember what you did to my hat? Oh, when I went to, oh, that hat. Yeah. You beat me with a roll call. Remember what I did the other year? Yeah. I did. You stomped the mud all me. You pushed the bed in my ribs. But you forgave me. It's fun. But now, WrestleMania 18 is over. Let's cheer it. The last time we're going to be here. You think we can do it again? Piece of cake. Let's see if I can try. One ran in, one hit a car. Oh. Cop car. Oh, no. Luckily, nobody was in it. Holy crap. I said, uh, guys, what do you normally do when we hit a car? We run like hell. For me, I was in the Special Olympics and I ran like hell. But mm-hmm. it was fun. Doing wrestling parties was fun. Do I miss it? Yeah. And I'm hoping for all my predictions come true at WrestleMania. I know some of them didn't come true. I'm like The Undertaker. I'm undefeated at WrestleMania, then I lose at WrestleMania. I remember when I made my first prediction for WrestleMania was WrestleMania 12. I picked Brett, the only huge fan. My family picked Shawn Michaels. It went over to overtime, and Brett Hart should have retained the title by overtime. But no, Rowdy Rowdy Piper had to point the contract that there must be a winner. So was it the first time Brett got screwed? I was mad. I actually literally punched the VCR <laughs> for being that mad. And when I punched it, I kind of uh, broke it. One straight punch, and I was like, hmm, I'm not bleeding, but VCR doesn't work. Like, it's not for a new VCR. They're going to crack the end of But I was mad that I couldn't watch all my favorite videos on it. And my sister couldn't record me one of my action figures for my own little show. But now with this WrestleMania coming up, it's going to be better than any other WrestleMania. The way I see it for WrestleMania this year, I see Lesnar not winning. I see Roman winning. 
RK Bro retaining. We have new SmackDown tag champs. Ronda's going to be Charlotte. I'm hoping for that. The only way that I think to get SmackDown ratings up, or I should say get WWE's rating up, is have Ronda Rousey be the SmackDown Women's Champion. Mm. And if she loses it, that's fine. But I know she's going to regain it again when she wins the Royal Rumble next year. So with WrestleMania coming up, the grandest daddy of them all, bigger than the Super Bowl, bigger than the World Series, bigger than NHL hockey, this is WrestleMania season. The biggest event of the year. Larger than life. And tomorrow will be WrestleMania 3 anniversary, where Hulk Hogan slams Andre the Giant. They called it the slam her around the world. 93,173 fans. Jam-packed to Pontiac, Pontiac, Michigan to see Hogan and Andre, Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage, the Hart Foundation, Dangerous Danny Davis, Tito Santana, the British Bulldogs, Rowdy Roddy Piper's retirement match, Harley Race, Drunkyard Dog, Can-Am Connection, Don Morocco, Mr. Wonderful Paul North, all that rolled into one for WrestleMania. Star-studded matches, titles on the line, and most of all, the irresistible force meeting the immovable object, and Hogan did it. Hogan conquered Andre the same way that Brock conquered the streak at WrestleMania 30. Can Brock do it to Roman at WrestleMania? Look at WrestleMania 31. The heist of the century, as lame Michael Cole would say, where Seth Rollins cashed in money in the bank. The difference is there's no money in the bank. Two great athletes are going to fight over the most prestigious prizes in the industry, the WWE World Title and the Universal Title. And for those people who don't know, you think it's the first time that two titles on the line of WrestleMania like this? No. WrestleMania 6 in front of 67,000 at the Sky Dome witnessed Hogan, the world's champion and the ultimate warrior and the final champion in the ultimate challenge. One man was going to win everything. One man was going to lose everything. Hogan lost everything. But at 1991, he regained it back. He became a three-time champion that night. Then he became a four-time champion at the 1993 WrestleMania 9. This is bigger than any other championship right now. Raw and SmackDown are going to be completely beltless at this point. Because I heard rumors that Vince is going to bring in a new belt. He designed a brand new championship. I hope it's the Wig Eagle belt. I hope it's not the world's title. I'm hoping for it's the Wig Eagle belt. Hmm. Because that belt reminded me when I was a little kid watching the all-time greatest superstars of all time, Macho Man Randy Savage, competed not once, not twice, not three, but four times in one night where Ted DiBiase only competed twice, two times in one night. Savage proved himself to everybody and me that he can do it. Ted DiBiase, you could have wrestled three times, but instead you wrestled 
twice because you beat Don Morocco in the semifinals. The first round was Steamboat was Rude and Jake. And who won that? Nobody. Time limit draw. In the, in the tournament final, was no time limit. Was there a bit of a controversy? Yes. Hogan helped out Savage. Savage was the longest reigning champion from April, March, all the way to April's WrestleMania 5. Who did it the next time? Hogan did it until he lost it at WrestleMania. Ultimate Warrior held the belt to the Royal Rumble. When you look at people holding titles that long, of course you're going to lose it. Sergeant Son only had it for two months. Two months. Was it the best two months? Yes. Because he did something that no one else would have done. Get underneath Hogan's skin for pissing or spitting on America. When Hogan was in the locker room, he threw a, a gas grenade into his locker room. He said, a lot of people don't know this. Sergeant Slaughter went up to Vince and said, I'm not burning the American flag. I want to burn something that represents Hulkamania. So what did he do? He put Hogan's shirt on a flagpole and he lit it on fire. Oh, man. That's funny. That's how you get underneath people's skin. Yes. Yeah. But fans were pissed off with Sergeant Slaughter. He was getting death threats. Oh, my God. From people that hated that segment. He was getting letters, phone calls from people saying that, I'm going to come over, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to make love to your wife. This Sergeant Slaughter was scared to death of that. So he told Vince about it. He's like, okay, let's take this easy now because I know everybody's talking about the Gulf War, this and that. Because a lot of people were pissed off with it. I wasn't because I know it was entertaining. Hogan was a true American hero. Before there was Lex Luger. Hogan did something that night. He bled and he took the title away from Sergeant Slaughter. So Sergeant Slaughter had his one title match with Hogan in Madison Square Garden. It was called a Desert Storm match. Which was a boot camp match. With no DQs, no countouts. Hogan beat Sarge that night. Everybody in Madison Square Garden rocked that place to see Hogan retain. People were throwing trash at Sergeant Slaughter, throwing their sodas at him. And I'm going, watching this on TV, I'm thinking, this is getting way too far. Someone's going to get killed. Sergeant Slaughter is playing a dangerous game. But people should know it's all pretend. Sergeant Swan does not hate America. He loves it. It's just an act. Yeah, it's kayfabe. Exactly. It's almost like you want to not show your fear to the fans because you want to keep yourself in character. But Sergeant Slaughter had a tough time breaking character. But I have so much respect for Sergeant Slaughter. And that's why he followed me on Twitter because I mentioned everything about his career. He fought the Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden in 1984 in a boot camp match. And it was a bloodbath. And I'm glad. I love boot camp matches. Those were really fun. Triple H and Sergeant Slaughter had a boot camp match at DX in your house on December 7th. 
And I remember watching, I'm going, wow. When I heard the word boot camp, I thought there would be no referee. <laughs> but it was different when the referee had to remain outside the ring, just count the pinfall, and that's it. But again, you got to remember, all this storyline, all this is just acting. The storyline's written in the back. You're looking at a contract. You're looking at a piece of the paper telling you what to do. You got guys, executive producers telling you, okay, don't do this yet. Wait until the thing ding. Then you can jump up from behind. That's all it is. Becky Lynch, when she got her hair cut, I could tell she was ready to smile. I could tell she was about to smile because you could tell that smile was going to come on her face. But she was like, I was like, oh boy, someone's going to get killed this Sunday at WrestleMania. And I was, there's an old saying, you don't pull, you don't, Spit in the wind, you don't pull on Superman's cape, and you damn sure don't mess with Becky Lynch's hair. No. But, Becky, what turned around, came around on you, because yes, you did, well, first off, Bianca Belair did use her hair as a weapon on you. Then you used a chair on her. You tried to cut her hair, but she reversed it and gave you the KOD not once but twice, and then, oh, you got yourself a little haircut. WrestleMania, this rivalry, between Bianca and Becky is going to be bigger than the Mega Powers Explosion. This is going to be Hellfire and Brimstone. I can't believe I'm actually using Kane's props on this. Hellfire and Brimstone. That's what it's going to be like at WrestleMania this Sunday. All the titles are going to be, well, most of the titles are going to be on the line, but the big match everybody's going to be thinking about and talking about is Brock and Roman. They don't care about Seth Rollins. Until Cody Rhodes comes there, I hope he comes out with his AEW theme. I hope they gave it to him so they can use it. And I know the AT&T stadium is going to pop for Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I agree. But I can't wait. If you think Austin's pop is going to be big, Cody Rhodes is going to get the biggest pop. Oh, because yeah. Because he wants to come back to the place that he loved, and that's WWE. I want to see Cody Rhodes be a champion. I want to see him win the Royal Rumble match. I want to see Cody win Money in the Bank. And I know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but Jeff Hardy, what you did to jump ship to AEW knowing that you didn't wait for your 90 days, Vince is going to fire your ass. He is going to physically sue you. Everything you got for doing that. But I don't want to talk about Jeff because I have so much respect for him. But Jeff, in the immortal words of Michelle from Full House, you're in big trouble, mister. But AEW, to me, is not a big wrestling show. No. It's W all over again. WWE is a place to be. I know Vince is in his 90s or 60s, whatever. But my dream is to be in the WWE. Not as a wrestler, because I don't want to get in the ring and keep breaking my bones, I want to sit right on that commentary's table, right next to Pat McAfee and Corey Graves, and I just want to kick Michael Cole right out of that seat. Byron Saxon can stay, but I just want to put duct tape on his mouth. So the entire- <laughs> Byron, don't quit your J-job, because you remind me of Jonathan Coachman. Ten-cent brain, big mom. Okay, so Vince is 76. 76? 
Triple H should help Vince run WWE. You know, I feel bad for Triple H that he's retired, but I'm glad he's retiring because I don't want somebody else to pass away like Razor Ramon. I want I anybody. Know. I do have a funny Razor Ramon story though. When Razor went to WCW, I remember watching Switching Back Raw, Switching to Nitro, and I'm like, Mike Enos is facing who? Who the? Who's that? That's that's Razor Ramon. What what was he doing on Nitro? My mom and I looking at each other go, what's going on? Why why is he on Nitro? The face of my mom was like, so confused. And then watching Nitro again, and I see Kevin Nash. I see Big D. I'm like, what the hell? This is mind-boggling. Why is these guys on Nitro? And I said, who else is going to Nitro? And I was switching back Raw, and I'm switching to Nitro, and I'm like, this is not good. Like, All right, let me just watch Nitro for a little while. I'm sitting and watching Nitro, and I'm going like this, sleeping, because there was nothing exciting. So I watched Raw. Went back to Nitro, went back to Raw, and I'm just... No, I stay on Raw. Then when 97 started coming up with Brett and Vince, somebody's going to get something done. And Jim Cornette said it best. You got two grown guys fighting over a piece of tin. You got one guy that keeps his ego in check. You got one guy who doesn't care about the business, who's always having sunny days, this and that. What the hell did he mean by that? So I was watching Raw, and I see Sean talk about sunny days. I don't remember if we're having sunny days. What do you mean by that? So we're getting closer to the Survivor Series, and when Brett got screwed, and my mom tuned in to Nitro because Raw started at 9, and I saw the Canadian flags, I ran into my room, and I cried my eyes out because I thought Brett passed. And when I heard it was going to Nitro, I'm like, no, crying my eyes out. And my mom comes in, consoles me, and she says, it's going to be okay. Why <laughs> to leave? Now we're going to watch WWF and now WCW. She goes, oh, we can make it work. So back in 98, my last pay-per-view that I watched was uh, World Wild. And we got the bill in the mail. And I looked at it. Me and my mom both looked at it. And I we said, Chris, you have to pick one. So I really have to. We can't pay that. Oh. I guess we can watch. Well, you know what? You always fall asleep going to WCW pay-per-view. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, that's true. I did fall asleep going back at the beach midnight. Seeing Bret Hart versus Booker T for a 30-minute match. Seemed longer. It seemed like it was 50 minutes. But yeah, WWF it is then. Sony Brett. <laughs> well, you can watch him on Nitro, but it's not the same. He's hardly even on there at the time. He's hardly at the pay-per-views either. He wasn't at World Wild. Oh, he's going to be at Fall Brawl. <laughs> I was so upset. So when I was watching WWF, and this is where I decided not to watch WCW ever again. And this is the only time I actually said thank you to Eric Bischoff. Thank you, Eric Bischoff, for saying something into the microphone of Tony Giovanni. 
because I too did right to Raw at the exact same time watching Mankind win the title from The Rock. So, thank you. But I do miss those good old days, but now I'm still WWE guy through and through. A lot of people love AEW. A lot of people love TNA, but I stick with, and the voice always says this to me, the number one worldwide leader in sports entertainment, and me and Gene did it best, what the world is watching, and that's WWE. I'm a WWE guy through and through. I do collect other wrestling figures from different shows, different promotions, but that's fine. But I use them for my show. But I do miss Rage Ramon. He was cool, arrogant, a little bit of cocky in him, but that's what made Scott Hall be Razor Ramon. Oh. And a lot of people don't know this, is that Simon Dallas Page wasn't just a wrestler. He was also a manager. He managed the Diamond Stud. So, I know everybody's wondering, who's the Diamond Stud? That was Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. That was his first gimmick in WCW. He had the Diamond Doll, and he had Diamond Dallas Page as his manager. Back in the AWA, Scott Hall went to school in Minneapolis. A lot of people don't know this. His classmates were Demolition Smash, Kurt Henning, and Rick Rude. What? For real. It's crazy. And when Vern Gagne saw Scott Hall, him and Kurt Henning became the AWA World Tag Team Champions. Which your producers have a tie to Vern Gagne. Their great grandfather was friends with him, so that's very always very special. And when when they were in the same school, Rick, Mister Perfect, Kurt Henning met Rick Rude first. Then here comes Demolition Smash. Here comes Scott Hall. They're all in the same class, going to school in Minneapolis, studying wrestling. They want to be wrestlers. And Larry the Axe Henning, Kurt Henning's father, was also a wrestler. And he teamed up with his father the same way that Ray is teaming up with Dominic right now. And I don't like that idea. Ray, I love you, man. I respect you. But your philosophy is so stupid. The only way that your son can earn a mask is to earn, is to by earning it. Are you that stupid? Dominic has earned everything. I know it was just a BS storyline where Eddie Guerrero was supposed to be Dominic's legitimate son, but still, he back in 2020, he saved you from Seth Rollins. He beat the hell out of Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. He beat up Murphy. So your philosophy on that, that's ridiculous. Dominic, in my opinion, earned that mask. And I hope at WrestleMania, you give him that mask. Off the face of Logan Paul. That's what I want to see at WrestleMania. So many celebrities this year. Yeah. Almost too many of them. Yeah. This is why they call it the stupendous WrestleMania. A lot of people call it the the stupid pendants of WrestleMania. Call it whatever you want, but you know what? It beats every other promotion. It beats your precious NFL. It beats Mm -hmm. your hockey. He beat your precious MLB. 
wrestling been around longer than those stupid ass games that you want to sit for three and a half hours sitting there having a beer and go, I'm tired. Is it the ending's over with? Yes, and you think you're the only one that did that? I did that at my first Met game. They're not in that's not interesting. No. Because I remember one person, I went to Shea Stadium with my family, and my friend Rob had an accident at that time period in 2001. Uh, he got hit by a car and he fell off his bike. Ooh. Uh, he was supposed to meet us to the Met game, and everybody was there. They said, who's your favorite team? And I said, New York. I didn't care if it's the Mets or the Yankees. Some guy was already drunk saying, if you're a Yankee fan, get the fuck before kick your ass. I was like, I guess I'm going in the parking lot, have fun with your four hour of this boring game. <laughs> You're sitting your butt down, but I'm going to go wrestling. I don't want to be here. You know, I love wrestling than baseball. Wear your stupid hat. I am not wearing a Met hat. Yes, you are. Don't Yes, you Oh, you take that off. We said wear a hat. I'm wearing a Yankee hat. Take off that Yankee hat. But you never told me I have to wear it backwards. Dick. <laughs> Why don't you have another drink, you fucking schmuck? Oh, good God. I'll take a walrus just to speak from the sea world. Good Lord, that's a whole lot of giggling. Shamu. I think we need to call the aquarium. Shamu is the gate. That's not my... You're saying, mother? Okay, you can tell me to yourself then. Thank you. You got balls for wearing that hat. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Wait a minute. You're the same one that pissed off Steve Austin? Yep. Now you're trying to piss off every... You're going to piss off almost 10,000 people wearing a Yankee hat. Mm-hmm. Your son got guts. Yeah, we're going to see him dead in a parking lot in about two seconds. I'd rather be dead than be here for hours. Yeah, I'd rather, watch... I'd rather be here than watch wrestling. I can't believe what I'm hearing. Shut up. And then, I don't know if you heard, but the Oscars turned into a wrestling show. Uh-huh. Oh, God. The whole, the slap her around the world. I thought the slam her around the world was better, but this is called a slap her around the world. That's not, I, I, it looked fake. That was so, Will Smith, I'm not much of a Will, Will Smith fan. I'm more of an Adam Sandler fan. But people do say I look like him. But <laughs> I don't know, something when Will Smith came down here and he said that I don't like Georgia, there's so many gnats and bugs and so where you're from in Beverly Hills, you don't have bugs. <laughs> you don't have these sorts of reptiles. Oh, that's right. You guys get earthquakes. Okay, okay. You you don't have bees, you don't have beehives. Every time I watch a movie give me hives. <laughs> I don't care. It should be called the French Fifth, the Fresh Prince of Bell. No comedy in there. People want to laugh, but no. Will Smith, not my favorite. Chris Rock, you made the biggest. I don't want to say biggest, but you had the biggest guts to actually say what you did. Yeah. Was it disrespectful? Yes. Did you deserve to get slapped? Yes. See, I don't care about the Oscars because it's always drama. Always drama. With the Oscars and movie awards. There's so much on there's so many drama. For me, like I, if people like that, 
you know, if you if you like this, you can go watch Raw or SmackDown or NXT. If this is something that you guys like. Exactly, but this is where it went from okay, from telling a joke, mixing it with Jada Pinkett Mitch is gonna do a new memory of G.I. Jane too. Yeah, that was not very funny. No, it wasn't funny. You can hear the fans almost like where John Cena was going. Ooh. <laughs> or you got explaining to do the same way you did to the big show on Vicky. But that's entertaining. This is where you went above and beyond of entertaining. This is where you took it to the point where Jeff Dunham has peanut and he starts talking racist. That's acting. This was where you hit somebody below the belt. And Will Smith said something. He should have kept it to the minimum, but he said it twice. Keep your wife out of my... Whatever he said, he said it. Did Chris Rock deserve to get slapped? Yes. Will Smith, I heard Will Smith apologizes, but he doesn't mean it. He's a no. liar. He's a liar. He would... He would smack his own mother to do that. If his own mother was on stage roasting him, I guarantee Will Smith would go up there and go smack his own mother. That's oh, all I see. Him. <laughs> but it doesn't matter what... Even when they do the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or the MTV Music Awards, there's so much drama. Mm-hmm. People are drunk. People are just high on crack. Now, I'm going to steal this from somebody. Grim, I love your Grim's toy show. I will always love your GTS wrestling matches with your figures. And the way you made fun of Jeff Hardy, I'm going to say it like this. I'm so high right now. I don't know what deal what's going on. That's how you see when you're watching MTV Music Awards or anything. Watch any awards show, you're going to see drama. That's what people want to stir the pot to get the fans going. Did he really just slap him? Or was that just an act? Can't balance it. People are like, oh, Owen Hart's death was fake. I'm like, you're going to make me get off on this chair and punch you in the face. I dare you to say that again to me right now. Come close and say it to my face. And say Owen Hart's death was a fake. Because let me tell you something. You never met Owen. I have. You didn't have lunch with the wrestlers. I have. So if I were you, I'll keep your comment to yourself before I really do punch you in the face. And if you want to throw wrestlers that fake in my presence again, I swear to God, I will make you want. I will make sure Texas Chainsaw Massacre becomes freaking Halloween. Say it again. I swear to God. I'm going to make sure Halloween becomes child's play to you. Don't push me. It's definitely real. It definitely is. I've watched it. <laughs> Oh, you want to talk from, oh, here's one. If you want to think that's fake, oh, Benoit shooting up, it's killing his family, and he's still alive somewhere. I doubt that very much. Really? Chris Benoit, people said that it was, a lot of people said that Kevin Sullivan had something to do with it. I don't think so. Someone else had to be there. Chavo tried calling him up for a pay-per-view. Benoit was in the finals of the ECW title tournament. It was supposed to be Benoit versus Punk. Who took Benoit's place, Johnny Nitro? Was it at the right place, right time? Yes. 
Was it out of Benoit's expense? Yes, it was. This was supposed to be the demise of Vince McMahon. Him being blown up in the limo. But a lot of people don't know when he got in there, there was another car right next to him. The death. So it's got from one car you know. to one. Yeah, that's exactly what I I know that. <laughs> that was fake. Vince McMahon going on one the next night. That was real. What you see is what you get. And you're telling me Razor Ramon's death is a fake? Okay, well, let me call Razor Ramon. Hey, yo. You say, I'm Razor Ramon. Hey, yo. The man gave his life, his career to the business. He was a great family man. He was a great father, husband. He loved his kids. He loved all of us who were wrestling fans. Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, Diamond Stubb, whatever you want to call him. Greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Greatest Tag Team Champion of all time. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall like this. They were brothers. They were known as the Click. I hated the Click. What they did at Madison Square Garden, that was real. Who got punished out of everybody? Waltman was leaving. Paul, Nash. Sean was their champion. Who got blamed? Hunter. Triple H got blamed. Because originally planned, a lot of people don't know this, originally planned that Hunter was supposed to win the 96 King of the Ring, not Austin. Was that the right moment, right time for Austin? Yes, it was. So when you have planned, when you plan things out, plans don't go seemingly as you wanted to. But you want to get the top guy that is Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I remember the promo very, very well. We talked about your songs. You talked about John 316. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. All the promos that Austin did back in 1996 at Mind Games. I remember the promo very, very well. If you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you got my exact opinion of Bret Hart. I wanted to see him punch him in the face. Because if you put the letter S in front of Hitman, I was like, son of a... I never used curse words back then, but he actually used the that word, and my sister explained it to me, and I went, don't you dare call Bret Hart that, because I will knock your head off. I was so mad at him. That's why I hated Austin. That's why I hated him. I didn't like his gimmick as the ringmaster, but what, before there was Steve Austin, or Stone Cold, or ringmaster, his, they used his real name back then. Back in the day of Stone Cold Steve Austin's early years DVD, I mean, this is way back. Brian Webster and Tony Atlas hosted this DVD. Stone Cold was trained by Chris Adams. A lot of people don't know that. His real name is Steve Williams. Steve Williams made his wrestling appearance against The Punisher, a.k.a. The Undertaker. His first manager before there was Brother Love Teddy Long, and Paul Bearer. His first manager was Stanbar Akbar from the AWA days mm -hmm. or World Class Championship Wrestling days. And they had a good match until the Punisher beat Austin with a flying clothesline. And I was looking at him like, that's The Undertaker. And Brian Webster and Tony Allen said before there was The Undertaker, he was known as The Punisher. He was wearing a black mask. He had on the the straps, and that was it. 
God was the punisher. He moved exactly like the Undertaker. And I said, oh my God. Now I've got, now I got buying DVDs, put them in there. That's how you learn about wrestling. Did I know the Undertaker's first manager to stand all back for? No, I did not. But now I'm telling everybody about my wrestling knowledge. Back in the in the day of an eight-man tag, they had eight men in a tag team match. The only way you could win a match was by pinfall or submission. But this way, this was a different match. It was called an eight-man tag tough man match. You pin your opponent, and if he doesn't answer the ten count, the match is over. So it was Austin's on one side, and it was Chris Adams' team on the other. It was a fight, and Austin's team won because Jeff Jarrett was a part of Austin's team. Now, when Austin became a bad guy, he fought Chris Adams. He fought the medicine man. He fought so many guys back then. Even Cactus Jack in the early years, he even wrestled the Patriot for the first time. And I even tweeted this out to Buff Bagwell that I've been praying for him. I know he's going through a lot. And I called him a future Hall of Famer, which he is. And he teamed up with Scotty Riggs, known as the American Males. He teamed up with the Patriot, known as Stars and Stripes. Buff Bagwell was part of the NWO. He did it all, except win the WCW title. But a lot of people were catering over Hogan. When you got your number one guy, Hogan, of course you're going to coddle him like a baby. That's what Jesse Ventura brought this up. And I remember, I can't stop watching it, when he said that um, when celebrities were doing WrestleManias, all the other appearances, they were getting paid royalties. Most wrestlers were not getting paid royalties. When on when they did WrestleMania 3, Andre wasn't getting paid royalties. Nobody was. Who got paid more money out of everybody at WrestleMania 3? Hogan. Hogan got paid more money than Andre, than Brett, than the Anvil. When you're doing a commentator with Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura, they got paid less. Hogan got paid more. Because Jesse Ventura tried to um, do a union in wrestling. A unionized in wrestling. And Vince did not like that. And who stood off Vince? Who stood off one of the boys to Vince McMahon? It was Hogan. Hogan stooged Vince. Jesse and, and Hogan were best friends. And Jesse said, it was Hogan that stooged me? I almost fell to the floor because I thought Hogan was a friend. And Jesse Ventura was so pissed. And Hogan went up to Vince and said that uh, they were doing a, uh, Hogan was doing an autograph signing. And Jesse said to Vince, I got better things in my mind than him because I know it was Precious Ego. Because he was doing a book signing, he didn't want anybody there. And Jesse said, I got bigger things on my mind than him because he was already running for governor. Jesse and Hogan never were good friends. And it was so bad that everything went down south for Jesse, where he was getting, he had, he had a, uh, a retirement. And he called it his own wrestling retirement fund. 
where every time if he shows up at a WrestleMania or Vince tapes it, Vince owes him royalties. And he said it himself, why do you think Vince will not have me back at any WrestleMania? If, if I was there and he tapes it, he has to pay me royalties. That's sad that I will never see my good, my favorite commentator at a WrestleMania. And he said, never say never. If I be there, never say never. I want to see Jesse at WrestleMania. I want to see him commentate. I want to see him host WrestleMania. We haven't had a host since WrestleMania 27. Didn't the New Day host one time? They did. That was at WrestleMania when the Hardy Boys came back. So, what number was that? I can't remember what number that was. I know they did. WrestleMania 34? I can't remember. I think it was 32 or 34. And when I saw the Hardys came back, it went good timing, too. Perfect timing for the Hardys. Bad time for them to leave. But it was... Seeing him in another wrestling company makes me sad. Seeing Sting in another wrestling company makes me sad. Jim Ross, one of the greatest commentators, should never left WWE. No. Mm, the New I, Day hosted WrestleMania 33. 33. One of my least, least favorite WrestleManias. The tag team ladder match, that was perfect. When the Hardys captured the World Tag title, that was screaming. Not the same way that I screamed for R-Truth when he won the NWA World title back at TNA. Mm, so speaking of R-Truth, we should probably let everybody know how we met each other and how important R-Truth is to this podcast. Right, Chris? I was on the live with R-Truth, and it was so much fun. It was entertaining. And... When I saw these two young, beautiful women come on there, and they saw me jump off the bed, throwing our truth out with yep. the NW World title, they quickly followed me, and I'm like, you know, I got two best friends that love and respect me because I was on our truth live. Not because of that, because I'm a huge fan of wrestling. And I do get a lot of hate comments when I'm on live with Southern Bill Boy Jones and all that other stuff. But I haven't done Instagram live in about a couple days. I don't know if I'm ever going to be back on Instagram live. There's an old saying, just like in wrestling, never say never. I love talking to wrestlers. I love talking to a lot of fans. And R-Truth, three weeks ago, I went to a live event. And R-Truth was there. He was facing Omos. R-Truth says some, some funny things about Omos. He said, I remember when Omos was just a little baby. <laughs> Here's the punchline. Omos, I'm your daddy. <laughs> Omos's look went from mad to like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and R-Truth got his rear end kicked by Omos. Oh, no. And I'm like, should I call the Gala Sisters our truth to see if you're going to be ending up in the hospital anytime soon? <laughs> oh, oh my. When I'm like a small child. And I'm sitting there going, that's my buddy. He followed me on Twitter. Please don't kill him. And I'm, and I'm screaming like, 
R-Truth, get the hell out. Get a kind of, do something. Get out of the ring. Run like hell. It was, and we're like, I got this. I'm like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so he picks him up, slams him. Pinky. <laughs> Why did he just get the hell out of the ring and ran like hell? <laughs> oh, God, true. What the fuck? I was just screaming at our truth. And I said to him, I wanted to say to him, I wanted to run down to the ring and say, I wanted to run down to that ring and say, oh, true. Should I call 911? Or should I call oh, no. Can I call the Gala sisters? <laughs> and that would have been awesome. I want to run down there because I was like, R-Truth, you just said the most stupidest thing ever. You took something from Star Wars and you made him mad. <laughs> I've never seen a seven-foot-tall man that bad ever. Picking up R-Truth. He's like, R-Truth probably isn't very tall, I don't think. I don't Almost, know. Almost is seven feet tall. Yeah. Almost is like seven feet He's or like giant. seven foot one or something, isn't he? Yeah. Brian Gonzalez was that same size. And I said, there's no way Omos is that big. And when I saw him come down the ring, he has to be six feet. That's not seven feet. Because when he's walking in the ring, stepping over the top, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's seven feet. He's, he's at least seven foot tall, if not yeah, taller. Yeah, he's huge. I believe how when our troop was saying that, and I'm surprised on almost then stuff on him like a little bug <laughs> because it was so funny that that he was like almost i'm your daddy and i'm like oh god what are you oh doing god where's <laughs> almost gonna say come here daddy i'm just gonna give you a hug and there there it was the, it was a oh, i was just like embarrassed and i was like screaming at our truth roll out of the ring what the hell is wrong with you screaming it on top of my lungs and i said well, I don't think that Omas is even, he's not even 30 yet. And our truth is, he's no spring chicken. No, our truth. How tall? Omas is seven foot three. I 27. Mean, he seemed a little taller than what I, when I saw him. I was like, man, I thought he was seven two, but I didn't know he was that big. Oh, damn, he's fucking huge. I'm a little afraid of him, actually. For, my size, for my size, I'm not afraid of a big guy. And if I was ever at WrestleMania, I'd probably throw something at his head. I'd probably throw a soda at him and I'd be like, I didn't do it. I'm going to run. <laughs> run? I'll probably, run like a, I'll probably grab one of you and be like, they did it. It wasn't me. It was them. It was him. I respect you. It was our truth. <laughs> I'll probably, probably grab like a little kid and be like, okay, come on, dude, let's go get sprayed. <laughs> the little kid's going to get blamed. You stand in the aisle and be like, and the public will be like, it was that guy over there hiding. What guy? I'll kill him. Well, legs don't fail me now because I'm used to run and I can tell he runs pretty fast. But it was funny seeing R Truth say these things. And R Truth, and I'm like, when R Truth music hit, I went, what the hell? Did he just run out of the ring and get yourself out of the house to save yourself? 
I love when people, I love when they do that. It's really freaking Seth funny. Rollins used to do that oh, a lot. Oh, God, he was king of doing that. He was so terrible about doing that. Nobody when he worked for Bobby, the authority. Nobody ran better than Bobby the Brain Heater. <laughs> he ran pretty fast because he didn't like getting in the ring. He didn't like doing all this stuff. But in real life, Bobby the Brain Heater did got hurt by the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania Five, where he got whipped into the corner, and he really hurt his back. So the Ultimate Warrior was never gentle with anybody. But it was, it was something special for to see somebody like Omos and our truth. And when I saw when the Dirty Dogs started coming out, they were in the first match. They were facing Bronson Reed and um, what's his name, uh, Matt Riddle. I never seen that many people jump up the way they did for Matt Riddle. And I remember the main event was Rollins, Priest, and Finn Balor from US title. Mm-hmm. So when Seth Rollins started coming out first, I did his I screamed it on the top of my lungs, like I thought my voice was gonna go out. And I said, Burn it down and then everybody was doing the whole <laughs> Seth Rollins' entrance. I was the biggest idiot. I was the only one doing Seth Rollins' entrance. When Damian Priest came out, nobody did his. When Balor came out, I started it. I love Finn Balor's entrance. It might be in my favorites. Everybody was looking at me like, you started that? I do that when I wa- when I watch them on Raw. Yep. I, I, we we do the whole thing. We have to. We even taught Emma how to do it. The best thing in the entire world is when the demon comes out. Meeting Finn Balor that night with the U.S. title, the whole place went pop when I did the entrance first, and everybody was like, ah, "I can't believe you started that." That's what happens when I'm here. People like we did it when we saw Finn Balor live. At we did when Finn Balor made his WWE debut not just on NXT but on Monday Night Raw I saw something special in that young kid I saw something special where he was going to win the US title I said he's going to win the Universal title and he did but then he forfeited it 24 hours later that was horrible mm-hmm. then, he, then he became the United States champion I'm hoping for he become Mr. Money in the Bank winner I was hoping that too now, here's something about Finn Balor you might not know. Did you know Finn Balor couldn't, was told he would never read as a kid? I did find that out when I was reading in the uh, Pro Wrestling Magazine, but he always finds a way to. Yep. But he finds a way. He's the kind of person who you give him an obstacle and he will overcome it. He always, come, he always overcomes it, just like everybody else. Finn Balor is like a, he's a good person to teach your life lessons. Yes. We did a, over on our YouTube channel, we did a Q&A on Sunday night, and somebody asked us who our favorite celebrity was, and the answer was Finn Balor, and that's part of the answer we gave. Yes. See, Finn Balor, to me, reminds me of a young, I'm not trying to be hurtful to anybody, but I think he reminds me of a young Owen Hart. Oh. Because he's quick. He does things that no one else has ever done, and he's innovative. The same way that um, a young Rocket Owen Hart started out, where he was doing all these flips, all these maneuvers. That's what Finn Balor reminds me of. And 
see Finn win the Universal title, seeing him win the Intercontinental and the NXT and the U.S. title, seeing him win all those titles, including a lot of people did forget that he did win the NXT tag titles with Hideo Itami. So Finn Balor already has a Hall of Fame career. Oh, I think he'll. I think he'll go in. I think he will. And I'm hoping for. And I got. I complained. I before there was social media. I said Vader one day is going to go in the Hall of Fame. Thank God Vader's in the Hall of Fame. Meeting Vader for the first time in '97. That was a moment I never forget. Oh, Vader. Vader was like a big teddy bear. He gave me a handshake. I'm like, oh my God, if I was shaking hands, it would catch me. That hand was bigger than mine. Shook his hand, and I and I couldn't put my arm around because it was that big. Oh my God. You I was like, was like, give me that. I was like, I can't But it was so much fun at seeing Vader, and then out of nowhere, here comes the two greatest legends that, that I grew up watching. Captain Lou Albano and Fassy Freddy Blassie. And my face just lit up like the manager of the fabulous Hulk Hogan. Manager of champions. He managed the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov in his very arena, in his very building for WrestleMania 1. Meaning the U.S. Express of Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. He couldn't believe I said that. And here comes Captain Lou. Stomping around and I'm like, What's this boy doing here? Messed up my hair and everything. He was shaking my shoulder like, oh, let me go on here. And he was so hyped up. And and I, oh, man, Captain Lou, manager of champion, managed the Blackjacks, managed the British Bulldogs, the Moondogs, the Wild Samoans. And I said, WrestleMania 2 at Chicago, you, and Ozzy Osbourne managed Baby Boy and Dynamite to beat the Dream Team for the tag titles. That's right. That's right. I was like, these are, these are worse than movies. He was like really messing up my hair. So when it came down to having lunch, my teacher was talking to somebody. They were dealing out my lunch. I was like, yes, okay, here's my Yubu, my chips, my sandwich. Where's my Oreos? All right, I'm going to do that in my sandwich. My teachers are going like this. All the part was next to me eating my Oreos. <laughs> he got up. I ran up to him, gave him a hug, and I said, you're eating my Oreos. <laughs> that would be very surreal. And the Oreos get brought up again. <laughs> My teacher was screaming at me, saying, Turn around! And I turned around, I was like, the look of shock, I got up. I don't know how the hell I got up. Thrasher was right next to me, and March was sitting somewhere else. And I hugged Owen, and I went, my favorite, second favorite. And I said that to him, who's your first favorite? Brett. Please don't drop me on my head like you did at Austin. <laughs> and, okay, who's your third favorite? Bulldog, Nightheart, Tillman. So I'm your second. Mm -hmm. Who's your favorite faction? Heart Foundation. What's your least favorite? Uh, um, 
Okay, who's your second favorite factor? Uh, the Nation of Domination because you're in it. I can't stand it. Wow. Do you like D'Lo? Yeah, he's cool. He's behind me, isn't he? Yep. <laughs> and I guess Mark Henry's right in front of me too, isn't he? Yep. Damn it. So, <laughs> so all these guys are standing next to me, and here comes Vader coming back to me. And he goes, I want you to meet somebody. Who? Howard Finkel. It's Howard Finkel. I felt like a little girl in a candy store going, Howard Finkel. Think. One of my favorite ring announcers. It's Howard Finkel. Holy crap. How long have you been a fan? I've been a fan of yours for a long time. You're my favorite ring announcer. I actually, I can do your voice. What? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Got a mic? Here's a fake one. Okay. Um, does anybody have a fake belt I can use? Oh, thank you. Um, Owen, I know you never want to do one. Please don't hit me. But I want you to have that one. <laughs> Later, can I use you? Please. I know it's been a long time since you met Owen in the ring since WrestleMania 13, and you teamed up with WrestleMania 12, but. Can I use you? Okay. Alright. I can do your voice, Howard. Trust me. This following contest is before one fall. It is for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Introducing first, the challenger from the Rocky Mountains, weighing in at 450 pounds, the man they called Vader. I can't do it. No, you did not. Nice. That's so cool. That's really cool. And Owen Hart was even more funny because he started laughing while I was doing it. Please be serious, Owen. This is my first. And his opponent, from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, weighing in at 235 pounds, he is the King of Hearts, the Slammy Award winner, the Rocket Owen Hart. Is that why Natty calls herself the Queen of Hearts? But <laughs> the King of Hearts, Natty yes. calls himself. Oh, that's what I thought. Not, Natalia calls herself the Queen, and Owen Hart called us called himself the King. And you know, I love the Hart family. They're one of my wrestling factions since I was little. And and I always said I always wanted to meet Brett, but I met his brother first, which was awesome. And what they did was behind my back is that every one of the wrestlers that I met, not Bradshaw because he was an idiot. He was a complete jerk. I never wanted well, to. The rumors him. about him are true. That's what I thought. He was a jerk because Bradshaw did not like anybody going backstage. But he hated it. And Bradshaw was going up to somebody saying, I don't want this kid back here. I don't want him to ask me anything. I don't think he's going to ask you for anything because he's sitting next to Thrasher and Owen and Vader and these guys. So behind my back, Knowing that this was pre-graduation, mind you, they said, um, we got you a little something. We gave it to your teacher, but we're going to give it to her to give it to you on graduation. You're not going to tell me what it is. Nope. Wow. Thank you, guys. Um, thanks for having me backstage. You don't know how much this means to me. You know, we've been, we're, at your age, we've been bullied, too. And you got a good teacher. One of the best. 
I went up to her, gave her a big hug. Nobody's ever done that to me. And just sitting with Owen having lunch and talking about wrestling, almost, he wanted to like almost shut me up because he didn't want to. And Howard Finkel, such a nice guy. Everybody that I met was so nice. Classy Freddy Blassie was nice. Captain Lee was nice. And I remember telling my mom, you should have got me a camera. And I and everybody was coming out with posters and phone belts. I came back with something special. Having lunch with those guys. And what they did was, during graduation now, she gave me a signed magazine of The Undertaker with everybody that I met. Oh, that's so cool. <gasps> I used to have that magazine until my, one of the kids decided to steal it and rip it. This magazine had Owen Hart's name on it, Thrashers, Marsh, Vader, Captain Lou, they all signed it for me. I looked at and they said to the best fan of all time. Because oh. the WWE is very anti-bullying. That's yes. one of the things that they stand for, even to this day. I That's wish the point. That. I wish they can do that for social media because I am sick and tired of the bullying on social media. But when I got that for graduation, I couldn't believe how excited I was. I was so happy. And seeing Owen Hart name on it and he said they all said to the best WWF fan love all these guys that they signed it even Howard Finkel signed it and I'm falling almost like ready to cry I was almost ready to cry and I looked at um, my teacher and I came up I, she was like a second mom to me and she gave me a hug a big hug and I said, I can't believe it. I can't believe this. And she put it in the bag. And she had it nice and wrapped. And she put it in my own book bag. And she, when my mom usually shows up late to pick me up, she stands out there, waits for me. She will stay there and wait with her husband. And I said, you don't have to wait with me. Well, it's around 4 o'clock. I'll call your mom and see where she's at. These two bullies beat me up and they ripped the magazine right <gasps> out of it. I was going to literally put it in my in my room where I could keep reading it and study it because it was going to take this magazine. And they kicked me and they ripped up that magazine right in front of me and I was crying. Not because it, I got kicked, but they broke my heart with that. Because they took my book bag and my teacher's husband chased after them. And they went, I am so sorry they did this. You have no idea what much it's meant to me. This is my graduation. That's horrible. And I broke down crying. My mom was kind of come up and she went, oh my God. And I was, I was heartbroken. And I was crying and. I had to go in my room. I didn't feel like watching Raw. I didn't care. Owen Hart was on there. And I wanted to 
proof to people that I actually had proof that they signed it. Nobody believed me. Nobody. It hurt that nobody believed me that I actually had lunch with them. But it was true. Even when I met Ms. and Morrison, even when I met Steve Austin, I still, doing that to Steve Austin, I, looking back on it, maybe I should have done it better, but I like Stone Cold. I really do. I like him. I like his style. I wish they would have bring back his disturbed theme for WrestleMania. Because I thought that was my favorite theme than uh, the, the normal, the original glass break. I like the disturbed one better. To anyone out there who's ever bullied anyone, that is not okay. And there's no reason for that. You have the problem, not us. Bullying sucks. Even when you're on social media, I'm sick of the bullying. I'm just so done with it. And, you know, people creating fake profiles. And for those of you that don't, most of you that don't like my profile picture, then don't follow me. I have my account blocked. And you will never find me. And I don't care if people like it or not. I have my account private, which is going to be private for a long time. And I have two best friends on here that I love and respect a lot. And, you know, for those of you that's messing with them, it's enough. Like Owen Hart says, enough is enough of time for a change. Social media needs to step up the game and change a lot of things. I'm just sick of it. I'm yeah. sick of the fans on, on Instagram live saying that I don't know my wrestling really. You know, you're acting so damn childish on that. And I have to let my family know about it. And she and my mom told me not to go on Instagram live for a while, which I'm not. Because I'm sick of the comments and saying, How does he know he's cheating? I'm like, how am I cheating? You don't see me have a freaking book? Or an encyclopedia. I know everything in my head. I may not be good in school, but I know my wrestling. I know my wrestling history. I think I would be better as a commentator. And it wasn't for the people that I respected and listening to, like Golden Soul, Jim Ross, Jesse the Body Ventura, Vince McMahon, Todd Pattinson, Kevin Kelly, Jim Cornette. The list can go on and on. Mr. Perfect, Jerry Lawler, Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon, Greg the George, um, Luscious Johnny B. So many etc. people who was on commentating. Even Big Cat Ernie Ladd did commentating. Even um, me, Gene Oakland, Howard Finkel. They all did commentating. I think I would be better at it because I love it. That's my passion. Wrestling is my love and my life. And I, I thought I it. I thought I knew a lot about wrestling. You put me to shame. Yep. That's true. You put both of us to shame. So if anybody who is listening to this podcast doesn't and doesn't like it and doesn't like Chris or doesn't like Gala's sisters, then guess what? You don't have to listen to it. There are millions of other podcasts and YouTube channels that you can go enjoy. You don't have to listen to the ones you don't like. And if you got something mean to say, keep it to yourself. We don't want to hear it. And we're not going to engage in your petty garbage. We don't feed the trolls. All these trolls are going to get karma. 
And if anybody knows karma, it was Michael Cole that got the 2011 Royal Rumble where he got eliminated by a female. <laughs> A.K.A. Awesome Kong. That was one of my favorite moments. I was like, oh, I think I should take Michael Cole's job out now. Let me just go to the Royal Rumble right now and take Michael Cole's job. Wrestling's been yeah. my life, and I love it. I love that's it. great, and that's why this podcast is going to go on an adventure. Mm-hmm. And you're going to show us all your knowledge, and hopefully, we can even get some of the wrestlers from WWE to join there's this one, podcast. There's one wrestler I want to try to get on. Which one and is that? He's a good buddy of mine. He's a good buddy of mine, Tatanka. Well, let's work on getting that person here. Pick his brain. I really want to pick his brain out because I remember when he debuted at his first WrestleMania, it was WrestleMania 8, at the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, and he fought Rick Martel. And I remember his tribal dance because that was the best WrestleMania entrance I've ever seen. Tatanka making his WrestleMania debut against a former tag team champion, the model Rick Martel. I thought that was sweet. And the the moves that I thought Tatanka do was incredible. It put a lot of wrestlers to shame. And and I even mentioned this to Tatanka for WrestleMania nine and I gave him I gave him the entire lowdown of WrestleMania nine and he was like How do you know all this? Like I said, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of wrestling. And when he mentioned, he mentioned something about WrestleMania. No, he mentioned something about SummerSlam. SummerSlam 94. And I had to look it up. If I can remember. And I was like, okay, now I remember. The United Center in Chicago. And I looked it all up. And then I went onto my safari and I deleted it all. But I could tell him all the matches that I remember. And I said, my favorite SummerSlam moment to talk to was you blaming Lex Luger because he sold out to the middle, to the million dollar man. But it was the perfect swerve that you sold out to the million dollar man. And he, oh, he, nice. like, he gave me a thumb up and a fist and I said, yeah, that was my favorite SummerSlam moment. I was booing Lex Luger. And he was like, why? I go for the heels. I'm a heel guy. I go for the heels. We're heel, we're heel ladies, oh, too. Of course we are. We love the heels. We always love the heels. And, we like to I, say that we are heels. Yep. And I told <laughs> a Bret Hart fan, I told him I'm a Bret Hart fan, but Bret Hart wasn't, wasn't heel at the time. I was like, no, he was not. Wait a minute. You're cheer for Brett and you go for the heels? Yep. Wow. Have you ever done that before? Yes, I have. <laughs> I jump from one guy to another. If, you're, if Bret Hart was a good guy, I'll cheer for him. If he was a bad guy, I'll still cheer for him. But I still cheered for you because here's why I still cheer for you. You outsmarted that dimwit Lex Luger. Lex Luger was so dumb. Because when when Sean Moody was interviewing you and Luger, he was like, I know it was Luger. I found that bag in his locker room. The pieces was right there. If you can't if you if anybody could not notice the pieces are right there, 
Tatanka was framing Luger, you must have been sleeping underneath a rock. Because Tatanka was the one playing mind games. Before it was the Undertaker that was playing mind games, it was Tatanka. That was brilliant. And I said that to him, that was brilliant. And and he and Tatanka is still going on independence scene that I said and that's when I told him a couple weeks ago when I said, Tatanka, please don't be mad. I send out a, a tweet mentioning you, mentioning Vince, and mentioning something special. He retweeted it to Vince. He retweeted out my tweet. And he said, thank you, buddy. And I said, Tatanka, you're so very welcome. If anybody deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, it's you. You've done so much for the business. You were undefeated from 1992 to 1993. You did something that no one has ever done. You play mind games with Lex Luger. You were at WrestleMania 10 celebrating with Bret Hart's title. In my opinion, that should have been you winning the title. That should have been you getting held up. I'm not taking anything away from Bray. He busted butt for a year. For one year, Yokozuna had the title. From June to March, he held that title. He lost it at WrestleMania. One time. Regained it back. Uh, April. Two months later, at the King of the Ring. The first King of the Ring. Where you and Luger fought one-on-one for the first time. Where was the King of the Ring? And I said, Mother, Son, and Dayton, Ohio. It was eight men in the King of the Ring. Right? Eight men. Brett versus Razor. Tatanka versus Luger. Mr. Huge versus Mr. Perfect. And it was Bam Bam taking on somebody. I forgot his name. So who got the bye? You two did. So Bam Bam was automatically in the finals. Who had to compete three times? Bret Hart did. I would love to see Bret Hart versus Tatanka, but that match never happened. That match did not happen. So what match did? Perfect against Bret in the semifinals. So Bret had to wrestle with a hurt knee and and broken fingers. Tatanka couldn't believe what I was saying. Nobody could believe what I was saying. And every time I do my WrestleMania moments or WrestleMania past, you and you guys and my other friend loves it. They love when I do it. And I haven't done it in a while because a lot of people on social media hate it. Don't look at my freaking post if you don't like it. Exactly. It's my post. It's my WrestleMania. I post old school stuff. And Tatanka was really impressed. With my wrestling, with my wrestling knowledge, and I said to Tom, "When you made your debut, WrestleMania Eight at the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, what was that like? Going into the dome and having the tunnel, that that big, that whole runway down. What was that like? That was a big runway. I was like, yeah, because the they had the neon stage, which I loved, and it had all the way. It was so big." And I remember WrestleMania 3 and 6 had the ring carts because their Iowa was so big. 
And I remember a lot of wrestlers would not go on the cards. But Hogan never used it. Piper never used it. Only Andre the Giant had to use it. If you're a big guy, of course you use it. Like Hillbilly Jim, the Heart Foundation. They all used the cards. And I remember WrestleMania 6 at the Sky Dome. Hogan used the card. The Ultimate Warrior ran down like a bat out of hell into that ring. Shook all the ropes. The pyro was going off. And I said, this is going to be the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. And the one thing that I got from Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura at the Royal Rumble, I would love to see these two guys meet. Face-to-face, one-on-one. You got your wish. WrestleMania 6 at the Sky Dome, they got their wish. Champion versus champion. It wasn't just an ordinary title match. It was called the Ultimate Challenge. And it was set right there. Ultimate Challenge. You can't get any bigger than that. Four title matches in one night. The Million Dollar Championship was on the line when the Million Dollar Man defeated Jake the Snake by a double countout. Wow. The tag changed hands between Demolition and the Colossal, the Colossal Connection of Andre and Haku. Then they had the Intercontinental title, meaning the WF title. Superfly Jimmy Snooker versus Rick Wood. The Rockers in action. The Heart Foundation in action against the Volkovs. Nine, six seconds of that match. They made WrestleMania history in 15 seconds. But who had the long, who had the shortest time in WrestleMania? King Kong Bundy held this, he held it for from 85 to 2020, 32, where the record was broken of 1,101 fans. Six seconds for The Rock, nine seconds for Bundy. Defeating XT Jones at WrestleMania 1. All right. That. So, the next pay per view is on May 8th. Backlash. Backlash is on May 8th. WrestleMania Backlash. Our next episode will be out right before that. It'll be out on May 5th. Yes. Uh, Mr. Wrestling Chris is usually right in his predictions. Usually. So this will be interesting to see. Uh, we hope that you guys all enjoyed our podcast today. And please make sure that you like it and follow it and leave us a really nice positive review and share it with your friends and family. And of course, we also have our own podcast too called Gabin with the Gallo Sisters. And that one is on movies and TV. And that's just me and Rhea. Yeah. We do it. We have it all. We have a YouTube channel, the Gallo Sisters. We have everything you could possibly ever think of. Mm-hmm. We sure do. If it wasn't for our truth, I wouldn't be doing this. This is all thanks to our truth for bringing us together as a family. And this is a wrestling community. <laughs> and, and this is a big family. Wrestling is like a big family affair. That's all it is. That's because, true. Because what doesn't bring people together than watching guys in tights fight over a championship? You can't be. <laughs> and girls. But of course. A giant thank you to R-Truth. And R-Truth is welcome on this podcast anytime. 
And I want to say to, I hope he's listening, is Tatanka. Please come on to the Dallas Sisters because I always give out positive things to you, Tatanka. I always comment on you. I always put you in the Hall of Fame. This will be a huge opportunity for me to talk to you man to man and just pick your brain out just a little bit about WrestleMania 8 and why and how did you become a professional wrestler to begin with and all these vignettes that you did and plus your theme song. How did it come up with the theme song? With um, some rest from the WrestleMania the album and from the first thing that you had, I just want to pick your brain out because I'm I'm not trying to be like a legal journalist. I'm trying to be a fan just to pick his mm-hmm. pick his mind. Because I'm not a if people well, call me Mark. I don't care. You never know. Dreams I, can come true. They do come uh, true. They have for us. And I think that it was fate that we were supposed to meet that R-Truth picked you that night he went live to go live with and we just happened to be there and our paths crossed. It was destiny. That we would become friends. That we would become brother and sisters. Please note that the gap that the Gala Sisters presents Mr. Wrestling Chris is a property of the Gala Sisters LLC and cannot be claimed by anyone else. We own the domain. We own everything. We own the website portion of this. This is a joint effort with Gala Sisters and, of course, Mr. Wrestling Chris. If you got something to say, then email it to us at thegalafam at gmail.com. But guess what? If you got something nasty to say, we really don't care. We're not going to stop. Nope. Just like the Million Dollar Man says, everybody has a price. But guess what? I have my price. I can't be bought. I like that. Alright, so we will tune in again on May 5th, so listen to this as many times as you want, I guess, until then, or you can go listen to our other podcast if you need something else to listen to. And we'll see you in the ring.